Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales and mindfulness coach who works with managers, C-level executives, and business owners who want to become more mindful and self-aware of how they operate, whether that be through selling, managing, or running their own business. I believe for us to truly connect with those around us, whether they be our customers, colleagues, even friends or family, we need to truly understand ourselves first of all, understand what makes us tick, what makes us feel fulfilled in our life, and what do we really want. And this is one of the reasons why I started Not Another Sales Podcast, because too much is placed on the practicality and skill of doing something. Whilst that's important, I believe we should start with our mindset and behaviours. Start at the root, understand that, and grow it from there. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organisation that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognised coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by video and content strategist, Judy Fox who along with this is a podcast host and professional speaker. In 2018, Judy racked up over 3 million views on videos and content alone. And Judy and I are gonna be talking all about building relationships and opportunities through LinkedIn. We're gonna start by talking about the similarities and differences when it comes to generating business online versus online why it's important for people to start looking at this avenue of their business to start generating opportunities through LinkedIn. How can building relationships help generate opportunities and some of the biggest mistakes that people make when trying to do so. Judy will be sharing some insightful tips and practical ways that you can go about building those relationships on LinkedIn and also how to generate opportunities, turning views and engagement on posts into potential ways to work with a customer or client in the long run. So sit back, grab a pen and pad, and enjoy. Judy, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Excited to be here. Good, good. Well, Judy, to kick things off for people tuning in who aren't too familiar with you or your voice or your name, um, it would be great to give them a bit of a story or overview of what makes you you. I am excited to do this. So we'll start with how to spell my name. It's J-U-D-I-F-O-X because if anyone Googles me and they try J-U-D-Y, it won't work. So we'll just start with that. <laughs> and then we'll go into the fact that I've got 20 years of corporate uh, Fortune 500 experience. And I have been on social media. I, I started a blog in 2008 and you know, just really kept working in the Fortune 500 space and was always doing corporate or climbing the corporate ladder. 
And then 2008 is when I was laid off during the crisis. And that really exposed me to how powerful LinkedIn really is for networking, opportunities, business development, sales, all of it. So that is when I first launched my first business, which was to help people network to their next jobs during the economic crisis. And then it's kind of taken off since then. I've never really, uh, what's the word? Like I wasn't a content creator until 2018 on the platform on LinkedIn. And now I teach people and coach LinkedIn networking and sales. How did I do? Right. <laughs> oh, in uh, 2018, I got 3 million views on my content. So I'm not doing too shabby on that platform. No, that's uh, something you probably shouldn't forget. I should not forget that. But that's, you know, it's funny because my personality is just decided at one point, I just want to have more fun in business. And that comes across in my style, my content, but, Mm. but fun doesn't mean no results, if that makes sense. So I'm just able to make fun of myself and I'm able to make mistakes and I'm able to focus on progress over perfection. Mm, that's what I, I really liked. I mean, I think I tagged you in a post about that yesterday, actually. When ah, I'm going to have Alice, to check Alice that out. Fisher, Alison Fisher asked me about people I <laughs> yes. follow on Instagram. And said, the reason I like your content, but also when I first came across it, was that it's not just um, funny, but it's authentically you. It's, it's You can tell it's just who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people really buy into. And like you say, it's not just fun, but it's also insightful and educational and, and useful as well for people to be able to implement it. Yeah. And so some people might take little flubs or not getting your pitch right or, but to me, that's just the way you should be. You shouldn't be perfect. You shouldn't be sitting around being polished because I think that that doesn't get the results. (laughs) What gets results is doing the work. And sometimes the work looks like messy hair and whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned um, numerous times there, obviously, your, your world has revolved a lot around LinkedIn, most mm-hmm. especially recently. And the world of LinkedIn has opened up many different ways for people to connect, to engage and sell with one another. But obviously, it can come with some challenges. And this is when we first started speaking. This is something that just came to me instantly was wanting to get your insights on building relationships and opportunities through LinkedIn. But First of all, in, in your opinion, what are the similarities and differences in generating business versus LinkedIn versus offline? The old, the old people might say the old-fashioned way, but it's still, it's still in fashion of face-to-face. <laughs> well, I think some people, when you do it where you show people the offline world and you're showing it online, I think that's a really amazing space to try to live. Does that make sense? I know like mm-hmm. some of the biggest people like Gary Vaynerchuk is constantly doing that. He's constantly showing the offline, I'm in a business meeting, I'm showing you what it would look like to work with me. And I think you're just leveraging the power of all that you do offline in the real world because the real world is where those conversations happen, where you get results for your client, where you do the actual hard work, whatever that is for your business. And a lot of times we online just show the shiny stuff, maybe the finished product. We forget. And I think that's where the best merge and the best thing you can do for your business to take it from that world of why don't you show bits and pieces of those meetings if you can? Why don't you show 
those conversations or after the conversation happens, talk to those people on camera if you're able to. You know what I mean? Like, did that help answer that question? (laughs) I think think we're able to leverage the one-on-one that happens and makes all your business happen and you're able to get that result and start making more contacts, more money, more inbound leads. Mm. And why do you, why do you think it is important for people to start if for some reason people aren't looking at LinkedIn right now as an avenue for their business? What are aside obviously the obvious benefits? Are there any other things you think that I think come with it? I think the psychology of being on LinkedIn is very powerful. And the reason why I mentioned that is when I go to these other platforms, I don't really know that you're a legit person. I can Mm kind of tell if you've got great posts with great social proof on them and people are commenting and your posts are very consistent. But when you go to the psychology, and I think some people have talked about this, but I don't know if it's talked enough about why LinkedIn is the way that it is and why I went all in on LinkedIn was because Facebook is family and friends primarily. So the psychology for that platform to me felt like, yes, I can reach people, but Facebook wants you to be more family and friends, wants you to know people, wants you to be friends. And that's good, but then I can't qualify every single person. And I feel like it takes longer for me to realize and qualify that they're going to be great to do business with, or I'm great to do business with. And then with Instagram, I feel a little bit the same way where it's better. And I think the stories are an incredible place for sales. And I definitely think it's an incredible space. But the thing about LinkedIn that just really, really sealed it for me was I can see people's profiles, their recommendations, their endorsements, where they went to college. And I can just see it so much more clearly to the point that I feel a lot more confident who I'm connecting with and why I would want to talk to them. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And even more so than when you perhaps can't see someone's presence online. It might make you question if you are, if you've met them in an offline world or come across them in a different context of the, the credibility and the trust there, which is harder to build because, you know, the, these day and a, this day and age, people will do more research and have more of a, a, an insight into what they want. So therefore they're further down the cycle once they do get in contact. But if mm-hmm. you're not present in these worlds, particularly LinkedIn, which I agree is probably the truest form of someone in the world of social that you can expect, then you're not going to be able to get ahead and give people that strong first impression that you might have if you are present on LinkedIn. And I also think, and I agree with that a thousand percent. And I see where if I'm going to get into business and do a contract with somebody that's a hundred thousand dollars, I see that the more steps you would have to go through in other online spaces where I feel like the steps are somewhat shortened on LinkedIn when it comes to sales. Like, yes, you're still going to have to have multiple points of contact, potentially, you know, do pre-projects together, kind of set, you know, get your feet wet working with each other, possibly. There's certain kind of trigger points that happen in business, but people are more ready to jump to that first trigger point. Whereas other platforms, it doesn't feel as fast to get to these larger, I mean, I'm just saying a hundred thousand. I mean, there's millions of dollars on the table. <laughs> so let alone even more. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and we mentioned a couple of times as well around building relationships. And I think, you know, as I mentioned at the start, LinkedIn is a great way to be able to connect with people more and generate more opportunities. But a lot of the time, this aspect of relationships is missed and people will often want that instant sort of feedback or look for that instant sale or that instant approach of pitching too soon. What are mm-hmm. some of the ways you think, well, first of all, to you, why is it important to build relationships with people online and, and how would you suggest going about it? Well, it goes back to that same thing that people do. They get online and they get all like different. They, they all of a sudden want to, there's so much advice out there for how to create funnels, how to do um, chat bots, how to, how to automate your business. And at the end of the day, there's some businesses that automate better than others. And we can't, I can't sit here and talk to every business. Cause like I, like I just said, some would automate better than other ones, but when people try to automate um, too many pieces of the step to the point that they literally will just automate that first message to such a degree that it's so inauthentic. And I, you thought I needed you. Mm. <laughs> and we, I think in general, have to remind ourselves that people need you to pay more attention to them than they, you want them to pay attention to you. It's that same age old to how to win friends and influence people going all the way back to Dale Carnegie's advice, which is pay attention to others before they'll pay attention to you. And you don't do that by spamming them. You don't do it by pitching them in the first message. You know, you do it by showing up and being interested in them and complimenting them on a recent post, which is how you saw them. The best messages I receive are the ones where somebody says, I heard you on this amazing podcast with Chris. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, and it's not another sales podcast. So thank you for being on that podcast and thank you for writing that message. So go over to LinkedIn right now and connect and write that message. (laughs) (laughs) But I think if, if we treat each other as real people, that's immediately going to create a connection point that is so unique and different. And it's funny because we think there's so much noise out there, but there really isn't when you connect on a human to human basis. Mm, particularly when a lot of other people aren't doing that. So straight away, you differentiate yourself. And exactly. I've, I've, I've had this conversation numerous times. It's almost oh. like we, we forget to, when we go online, that we're still talking to human beings and we become all too, we just dehumanize ourselves in a, in a lot of ways. And, and if we look back and thought, would we do this in person? What we're doing on online, we probably wouldn't do half of it. And you mentioned mm-hmm. at the start there around you know jumping in too soon and assuming that someone needs us. And a lot of the time, whatever you're selling, whether it's a product or service, there's a there's a level of vulnerability that if you are going to sell to someone, that they're they're going to have to open up to you first of all, whether it's coaching, whether it's a product or service. And it's not assuming that because that is a an invasion of privacy almost sometimes. Whereas if you look, you talk about examples sometimes of a GP, a doctor, a doctor will never make assumptions when you come in. They'll always ask questions first because they don't want to come in and just assume they know what your problem is, even though they've experienced it 
you know, hundreds of times, they want to understand from you, first of all, to build that trust and relationship and to not make an assumption that could be quite private and hard to share. And it's it's the same with, with any business in terms of what you sell, is not making that assumption and not exposing that vulnerability. It's It's almost letting them create that for you to then sort of find a way in. And that is such a great example, the whole general practice and doctor, because to be honest, aren't they selling something? Mm. But you've trusted them as this expert without them having to pitch or sell, or Mm -hmm. they've created this authority presence. And I think that's when going back to showing images of and showing the social proof of people working with you creates that image of you being the authority in your space, showing yourself on stage, showing yourself answering questions, doing a live Q&A. All of those things are more than just doing a Q&A. A Q&A shows that people had questions for you and you answered them and you are positioning as an expert in your space. When I see people do Q&As that are a little bit more um, there, there can be anything from lighthearted ones, like ask me anything or, you know, Hey, we're going to do a Q and a on sales. It's just, so. I think the, again, it's more powerful than just you answered questions. It's uh, being the doctor of your mm. space where your patients all come to you as the authority in your space. And the more you do that online, the more authority you have in the DMs to um, say that whole kind of how can I help you or how are you or I don't know how you can help me. Unless you've positioned yourself as an authority in your space, you've asked that question too mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. And then that's so. why it's, it's sometimes far more effective rather than to go straight away. And I went to, you know, Richard Moore, I went to one of his networking events a few weeks ago and he was talking about uh, one of the things in which to build relationships is don't just dive in straight away and try and connect with someone and pitch them is you know start a conversation within uh, something you've seen them comment on someone's post or something that's caught your attention because you are genuinely interested in what they're saying you don't have an ulterior motive you're interested in the human being not their role not the company but their person and spark a conversation in there and then once you've done that you've opened up that that level of trust and and um, relationship that can then lead into that connection and that maybe more of a private conversation. And I love, I obviously I'm a huge fan of Richard Moore. He was the first guest on my podcast and he, his voice is incredible. And I appreciate, you know, that we're kind of all circling the same topics and, you know, probably um, the biggest thing I also say is because we're kind of all in the same sales coaching space here, which is the bigger the play, the bigger the the bigger the situation, for example, the bigger the name, the bigger the platform, how bigger and bigger circles out, the longer it might take and the more touch points and the lighter you may have to go. You may have to, like you said, like and comment, like and comment, engage in their content online to a degree that you make them realize you even exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and that goes back to, for example, recently um, I saw, I was engaging on somebody's post online and this person has a pretty big platform and a, a fairly well sought after voice. 
And in my head, I was like, I don't ever know where the relationships will end up, but I make a decision to check out their content and check it out on a more frequent basis because I'm curious. And I think following those lines of curiosity leads you somewhere, but you can't do that with everyone. And you have to be okay with that. You can't be everywhere and everything. You're better to go deep and dive and exp- and just really expand one area than it is to try to be everything and, and be just surface level. So in terms of once you've built that relationship with someone, you've started that conversation, how would you suggest people go around go about generating opportunities and turning that conversation into a discussion that then leads to them using your services or purchasing from you? Again, I think it depends on the bigger the the bigger the play, the the the, the, the high biggest potential. So again, if you're interacting with somebody online and you're showing up a certain way and you very consistent. Consistent doesn't always mean you're consistently making content. Consistent to me is you're consistently in the community, you're in the comments, you're engaging on other people's content. Um, People think all the time, you know, they get nervous. They're like, oh, I'm trying to grow my following. And I'm thinking to myself, and I've been told this so many times, and I think we all need reminders Love on the people who are already your biggest fans. Love on the people who are already there. Mind them first. Ask them, hey, is there anyone in your network that because a warm introduction is better than a cold one? So why are you trying to connect with new cold people when you could reach out to some of your closest connections? Like I could reach out to you and say, hey, do you know anyone looking for LinkedIn coaching or sales coaching. I mean, we're in the same, you know, we have some of the same overlap, but there might be a particular client that would need a particular voice or the way I show up in the world versus the way somebody else shows up or people's services are different. Our voices are different. And it's just like any profession. We have how many different types of doctors, but they're all doctors and even the same general practice. Uh (laughs) But there's enough space for all of them because they all, we're not all the same people and we all need different voices. And sometimes one doctor that may speak to you, I can't hear their voice the way they speak. And I am gravitating towards another one. So there's not really a sense of, oh, that person. It's more, oh, I'm just meant to find somebody who really needs my voice. And I'm okay with saying, you know, go check out this person's content, maybe that will resonate with you. You know what I mean? Like having that kind of peace about it. Absolutely. And I'm curious to know, Judy, from your career so far, even your life, really, what do you feel like you've learned the most about yourself? I think what I've learned most is that I have a lot more to learn. (laughs) I think that that there's never an end to figuring out how you tick, who you are. And uh, I think at the end of the day, the reason why I lean into humor and having a heart is because without those things, some of what we do in life just doesn't feel as satisfying. And I want to enjoy the journey along the way. I've definitely done a lot of 
maybe you would say adventure sports. I've climbed mountains. I've climbed Mount Rainier twice, which is uh, one of the highest glaciated peaks in the continental U.S., 14,411, I think, feet. So anyways, the point is I've challenged myself in those areas. And what I've learned is that it really comes down to who's on the journey with you, what happens along the way. Because when you truly do get to the top of the mountain, when you reach the top of your goal, if you're standing up there alone, or if you are If you did not enjoy the journey along the way, which to be honest, one of the times I climbed, it was pretty miserable just because I had blisters. It was just miserable. So definitely some life lessons there. And, you know, if there's anything else that I can share, it would be, and I always preach this, it's progress, not perfection. I think I have to remind myself of that every single day (laughs) to do the next right thing. And I honestly, when I've gone through tough things in my life, I have kind of pictured the tough things that I was going through as a raging river because it felt like so much turmoil. And that I was crossing and I could not see the other side. I had no idea what was going to happen next. And I think too many people, um, especially starting a business, you know, a lot of people think you have to have this, you have to have this figured out. You have to have that figured out. Even with sales, with sales, so many people, um, give a lot of advice and some of the best sales tips that I could ever give and that I think has served me to this day, continue to be curious and ask questions. Is it working or is it not? If something's working, then keep leaning into that area. Sit down with yourself after any type of sales situation and ask yourself how to go and and try not to judge because I have screwed up (laughs) so many sales calls and I'm, I'm still okay. I mean, that's the true beauty of it. Sometimes you're not a right fit. Sometimes it's not the right timing. Sometimes there's just something off and that is okay. And I think that's amazing about, you know, being able to try that out and just keep going and take the punches, just keep going. So there's my <laughs> wrap-up advice for you. If you have any questions, let me know. Always glad to talk and communicate on any of the social media platforms. I love LinkedIn, of course, but I also spend a lot of time on Instagram. I really enjoy the story features over there. Well, Judy, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really enjoyable hearing your your insights and your stories and and speaking to you again, which I always enjoy doing. Yes, I'll talk with you any day. You're not just another sales guy. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. And Judy, for for people that have, this is the first time they've come across you, how how do they connect with you and follow your journey and some of the things you've been talking about today? I think the best way to find all my social media is go to J-U-D-I-F-O-X and there you will find all the links either at the top of the page, I have them or at the bottom and you can go. I spend most of my time on LinkedIn and Instagram and I am on pretty crowded over there and a lot of spam. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Great. Well, thank you so much, Judy. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. 
Hey people, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, not another sales guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing not another sales podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.